Hi there, and welcome to the Terry Morton Wealth Advisors podcast series. I'm your host, Norm Carcos. What is the state of the individual investor as the United States slowly begins to open things back up from the coronavirus pandemic? How much does an investor move forward following an economic downturn, which has impacted jobs, businesses, individual retirements, and college funds? Well, this podcast is about understanding long-term options and offering some solutions. Terry Morton has over 20 years experience as an investment advisor representative and is principal of Terry Morton Wealth Advisors in Chicago, specializing in tactical investing. Terry now joins us from his office in Chicago. Terry, thank you for joining us. So when someone asks you, what does the future hold for their financial investment? How do you answer that given the recent pandemic and the impact it's had on the stock market and the job market as well? Hi, Norm. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, that's that's a very individual thing for anybody that we're talking about. And let's just say for the moment that due to the pandemic, we are experiencing things that are completely abnormal and, and what we are unaccustomed to. Uh, for better or worse, we are accustomed to market downturns. This is unusual because uh, the pandemic has shut down businesses. It shut down people going to work. Many of these folks uh, may never go back to work. Uh, they may be permanently furloughed from their permanent jobs. They may be business owners who no longer have their business. Maybe they've decided they have to shut down. They can't make it. There are so many different things going on that we are not typically accustomed to. And uh, most of those folks also, uh, in addition to their jobs, have investment money, college funds, various other things going on in their lives that this situation changes dramatically. And is there fear out there? Absolutely. It's understandable. Uh, folks need to, to think about this in the sense that things are definitely different, but panic is not necessary. It's important to keep uh, the eye on the ball, as we would say in sports. Look ahead, keep your eye on the goals you have, and keep working toward those. But the fear, it's completely understandable. We're still not back to work and won't be for a while. And again, when we talk about jobless numbers, we may be looking at double-digit unemployment for some time to come. So I hope that kind of encapsulates uh, that question because it is it is multi-pronged by any any measure. So how important is tactical investing, given the uncertainty of the world's current economic situation in your eyes? Well, tactical investing is a is a uh, is a process. It it incorporates every risk range from ultra. Uh, growth oriented all the way down to income production associated with somebody who is very close to retirement or already there. But the difference between tactical investing and the traditional investing is even, even though the, the matchup on the risk profile that the client and the advisor work together to determine is that the deviations, and I don't want to get too technical here, but the deviations would be essentially talking about the difference between the high mark in a portfolio and its performance and a low mark in its performance. And in taking into account, for example, a growth portfolio, the traditional portfolio that's subject to everything that's happening in the market and doesn't incorporate some of the pieces of tactical investing will typically have a higher performance number, but when it, it turns downward, it has a much uh, deeper downturn in the value of the portfolio. Tactical tries to keep the investor in a range that's above the bottom where the other investment is, but below the top. It keeps 
the uh, the client from having to un- un- undergo, excuse me, uh, excessive risk on the other end to get the portfolio back up to where it was, and inoculating a bit uh, against the typical portfolio in those higher and lower uh, range of returns. And that's important because a lot of investors want to grow, but they don't want to see that risk in their portfolio. So when discussing one's long-term portfolio, why do you feel it's so important for investors to combine what is a fixed and varial option in, into what I guess would be considered a hybrid, if you would? Well, uh, let's just say, for example, an investor is uh, is in this market. And uh, let's just say for giggles, in fact, let's change that up just a bit. Let's go back to the S&P 500 and its performance uh, since uh, 1999. We'll say uh, the investor invests in 1999, and we'll say that this person is 65 years old. They have their money in the market there. It's, it's in the S&P 500. In 1999, they had an over 19% return. Each of the next three years, they were at least 10% or more down in that portfolio. That's about 46, almost 47% down over that period. The 65-year-old investor who is completely invested in that has accepted a downturn in their portfolio that is going to be virtually impossible to get back unless they keep working down the road and add more years to the growth of the investment. Now, if we had a hybrid where we used what we call a fixed indexed annuity on the side of that, some of that money that's in the S&P 500 would be invested in that annuity. What's going to happen with that annuity is it's going to, for the sake of our conversation, it the fixed indexed annuity from the index perspective allows the, the advisor to pick an index for the client that they can benchmark against for performance. Now, let's just say that this uses the S&P 500, this FIA. It uses the S&P 500. The participation rate is 15% or 50%, excuse me. So in 1999, the invested portion that's in the S&P over here, subject to all the risk, got 19.53. The other portfolio with the fixed indexed annuity got nine and some change, maybe 9.75, give or take, not doing the math. In each of the next three years, the other S&P 500 full risk money in the S&P 500 drops three straight years. The fixed indexed annuity has a floor of zero. In other words, anything in the benchmark that performs zero or under, the fixed indexed annuity doesn't go down. So that 19.53 stays in there. When there's an appropriate mix of these two vehicles and maybe one or two others, but at the end of the day, when there's an appropriate mix of these, we find the investor at the end which we'll say for this, the sake of our conversation here is retirement, has a lot more assets available to them than they might have been if they were in the market completely in that S&P 500 portfolio or any other that doesn't feature other added mix of, of, uh, of uh, types of things we're trying to do to inoculate the portfolio. So this FIA you speak of, the fixed index annuity, is part of what is known as a three-legged stool of an appropriately created investment plan to achieve desired assets. Is that correct? It is. Uh, we, we used to think of a three-legged stool uh, as uh, Social Security, uh, savings, and pension. Well, we're in a different world today. Uh, we still have two of the three, uh, but there's no pension now. And this is, when I say three-legged stool here, what I'm talking about is the savings of the individual. So we would have the the full risk investment, we would have a fixed indexed annuity, and we would have what we'd call an emergency fund. And 
those three things together in some mix is what would what we would refer to as a, a three-legged stool and a sort of a, a variable and a fixed mix of philosophies. Why is indexing considered a safety net in your estimation? Well, again, the, the fixed indexed annuity uh, features a floor of zero. So over time, it's only going to achieve the positive numbers uh, that, that whatever its benchmark is, which is part of the stock market. And it could have multiple benchmarks, but for the, the sake of our discussion, whatever the equity performance is that's positive, it gets a portion of, but it never goes below zero. So it's always building on the factor that it has with the positive years that it's had. So it's, it's, it's a, I consider that to be the answer to that question in terms of managing risk. Well, obviously there's no quick fix uh, to a recovery from this re- uh, this, this recent economic downturn, specifically from COVID-19. So how important is patience today? What are some of the traps to avoid um, as an investor? Well, patience is important, and I think it's probably very difficult for just about any investor except someone who doesn't feel the effects of risk on the negative side. Uh, so I think patience is important. It's really important not to make uh, quick snap judgments with regard to what to do. It's important to to talk with somebody who who has some expertise in this and can help uh, get everything back on track, get the get the train back on the rails, and then plan for where that train's going to go and how it's going to go there. Uh, there's never a bad time for planning, but when something like this happens, I think it just underscores more and more how important it is to plan. And uh, not planning at any point in time for most of us, and I, I'm not the big cliche guy, but we've all heard Failure to plan is planning to fail. And ultimately, most of us could probably say that if we don't do that, that's exactly what's going to happen. So, and learning from the past is part of that. But absolutely, patience is key now because for most of us, there's so many different prongs of this thing going on right now that uh, it's impossible to think about it in the aggregate without kind of getting unsettled. So. So explain the sequence of return and why it matters so greatly, especially now, and why timing is everything. Well, yeah, let's let's look at it from this perspective. Let's go back to the S&P 500 example I used. Uh, In 1999, again, it was up 19.53. It had three straight down years, and uh, then it had some good years. Then we had 2008. Let's let's say for the investor that had ten thousand dollars in the market in 1999, at the end of 2008, they had eleven thousand nine forty four. So they they'd grown nineteen hundred forty four dollars in ten years. And let's just say that investor was sixty five when that happened. Again, I mentioned this earlier. That person doesn't recover. Now a twenty six year old does. The sixty two year old, sixty five year old, it's a different ball game. And that's the, the different idea of the measure of risk. But sequence of returns is important. If that, that same investor had gotten in in the 90s when the market was flying high, let's just say 1995, they had higher returns prior to the, the big downturns that happened in there. So they still came away with more money. But if you took two similar investors and put them in at those different times, their, their outcome and their performance is far different. And while both may be upset, one is probably far more upset than the other. 
it's important to understand that these are going to happen. We don't know when. We can't predict them. But we need to, to have a mix of, uh, of different things we're doing to inoculate largely from that having a, a, a grossly negative impact on the overall portfolio. Uh, sequence of returns is highly important in as much as if we could guarantee 6% a year every year going forward, which is simply not possible, except in a fixed annuity, which, you know, that requires rates to be at a certain level. They are not. So we have to find ways and use the ways we have to manage that bigger picture inside that risk parameter, that range. So what is more important right now, growing or protecting your money or generating income? Well, that's, uh, that's different for each person. Uh, in reality, uh, we all have different, you know, the 26 year old is going to say, uh, no matter what, I want to grow my money unless they're very risk averse and they're terribly concerned. Most of them are going to respond. I want to grow my money and I'm riding this thing. And that's what they do for the 65 year old. They may still wish to grow their money and they're certainly going to have a need for income down the road. The most important thing they're going to have to do is figure that mix and manage it appropriately between, say, now and wherever that we're turning off the job money coming in. There will be no more cash flow there. We're going to have to use the portfolio. And some of those folks may say income only. And that's going to take a, a little bit of a numbers game into uh, account because they have to know what they're going to need to survive on in retirement, to pay the bills, to live the lifestyle they want to live, to, to give money to the grandkids if they want to do that, that sort of thing. All these different goals. It has to be considered whether that's even possible. But everybody uh, in that, that kind of mix of what you asked, is there, everybody has a slightly different feel in that. And it's again, it's largely dependent on where we are and what is happening to us currently. In fact, most of us probably at this point, many of us, not most, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but many of us probably don't even know now because there's so many things competing for our interest now in this pandemic and unemployment, not going to the office and everything else. It's really important to, to step back and, and think about it uh, in terms of how can I tackle this and not be bogged down by everything. So the end game, obviously, is to reach what we know as the Mount Everest of investing and preferably stay atop for you know as long as we can. However, we all know there's ascent and descent. So if you could explain both, please, when it comes to investing and reaching that mountain up and down. I've used this word uh, throughout, uh, throughout our discussion, and it's planning. Uh, climbing Mount Everest requires uh, planning for who's taking you up. You know, we all know the Sherpa who takes takes us up the mountain. Obviously, you want good Sherpa, a good Sherpa or Sherpas. You want somebody that knows when to go up, which ways to traverse, and how to get there. And just as important as getting there. Now, if, if the, the pieces are in place and we, we summit and we're there and we're at retirement and we want to start living on that money, we want to make sure that we have somebody who knows how to get us down too. And the only way to know how to get down is to know how to get up. So once you're on your way up there and you've put these pieces together to be successful at the top, and you have the person that's not only going to, has not only gotten you to the top, but is going to help you get down, you're going to have an easier time coming down because of all that planning that was done on the other side. You still want that person to help get you down, but you're a lot better positioned to, to head down after doing all the planning on the upside. There's no question about how important that is. 
Yeah, and that leads me to my next question. So much of investing today deals with the human psyche, especially today. There's such a great risk of fear right now and an and uncertain future. So how does risk and return play into your tactical investing strategy? Well, we know risk and return uh, for investors who love the stock market is uh, high return and high risk on the bottom side, the back end. When the market collapses and goes down and things change, those are the deviations we talk about. And as I mentioned earlier, tactical investing, regardless of the risk range, whether it's growth, balanced, uh, sort of a conservative in between uh, toward the bottom, and then, of course, income at the bottom, any one of those risk ranges that we're talking about, tactical decreases the high and low differences in performance relative to a similar risk range portfolio that doesn't feature tactical investing. So the, the goal in that is just to manage risk and return. And it's important to remember, risk is not eliminated unless somebody just doesn't put the money in the market. But there's still risk because there's inflation risk if the money's just sitting generating a little income. So risk is really never taken out of the equation. It's about managing the risk. And that's where planning comes into play. So tactical is just one of those those stool legs that helps us plan to grow assets in a manner that's more appropriate for the investor, especially if the investor wants to, to be in the market and wants to grow their money and needs to grow their money, but at the same time wishes to be able to sleep at night. This helps in some of that. All great insights, especially considering that the world we live in today with an uncertain time. And Terry Morton, principal of Terry Morton Wealth Advisors, thank you so much for your insights today. You're welcome, Norm. Thank you for having me. Well, if you'd like to reach out to Terry Morton, head to his website at tmortonwealthadvisors.com or call him at 520-887-2734 or email him at terrence.morton at him-ria.com. Until our next podcast, I'm Norm Carcos. Thanks for listening to the Terry Morton Wealth Advisors podcast series.